Viewer discretion advised. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another thrilling episode of Talking Rock with Tom and Jason. I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jason. And today we're doing something a little bit different. Normally, Jason and I, we review older classic rock albums, but today we're fast-forwarding to the magical year of 2009, to a time of black skinny jeans, dark eyeliner, and fashion that just screams hot topic. But before we do that, here's the latest news in rock and heavy metal. So recently... You yeah. can see the smile on my face right now when you said that. <laughs> I'm, like, cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, Leslie West, the guitarist of Mountain, passed away on Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020, at age 75 from cardiac arrest. Mountain was best known for their song, Mississippi Queen. West will be sorely missed by music enthusiasts and Mountain fans alike, and he was yet another tragic loss and casualty of 2020. Jason, what do you have? Yeah, that is unfortunate. Uh, on a lighter note, I have uh, Kiss, the band Kiss. I know we all love them, you love them. Uh, Kiss is performing a pay-per-view concert on New Year's Eve in Dubai, and it sounds like it is going to be crazy. Uh, they will perform on what will be the largest stage ever built in the UAE, and they will spend over a million dollars on pyro for the show, so I'm sure it will be a spectacular and we are recording this before New Year's, so... <laughs> True. If you're listening to this after New Year's, that makes doesn't make as much sense, but um, yeah, okay. You know what else is going to be spectacular? Those ticket prices. <laughs> Leave the gene and pot and milk us out of every cent we have, even during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how... They're like, they're like, what place still has money? <laughs> <laughs> Dubai, we're going there. That's it. <laughs> Alright, so now on to another lighter note. Before we dive into our review, Jason and I each wanted to share our lists of top five songs that we both think are completely overrated. Note that we don't hate these songs, we just think they're overrated. Some of them I hate. <laughs> okay, fair. Some <laughs> or, of them. Or yes. at least don't like, but alright. <laughs> Hopefully, our lists aren't the same, but my top five lists of overrated songs. Five is Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. You know it, you heard it, you heard it too many damn times to really appreciate it anymore. The treat value is gone. Okay, number four. Van Halen's You Really Got Me. Now, I know this is a cover, so I guess I can say the Kinks version is on here as well. But this is like that beginner, go-to, like, my first band elementary school rock song that everyone and their mother plays. You just think like it's any- overrated. Yes, I've heard it so many times. Everyone else has heard it so many times. It's everywhere. Alright, number three, I have a bit of a personal vendetta against, but Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. Not only do I not like playing this song, thanks, Sidetrack, but I've heard it just everywhere. It's like their highway to hell, basically. That's not Wish You Were Here. Pink Floyd has so many other good songs, and Comfortably Numb is just not one of them. No. So, sorry, guys. No. <laughs> sorry, Pink Floyd. If you're listening, I don't like this song. <laughs> it's. A, I think it's. A, I personally think it's overrated. Come on, it's one of the best songs ever. 
Eh. Okay. All right, just keep So, going. number two, I'm going to make it clear I don't hate this song at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, I actually really like this song, but number two is Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. You know it, you heard it, you love it, you hate it, whatever. It's everywhere. Like, it's quintessentially, like, associated so with just, Led Zeppelin. What, you just think they have a lot of better songs or what? Honestly, yeah, they do. Stairway's a banger, don't get me wrong. It's a fun song. I've loved it since middle school when I got into Led Zeppelin. But they have, like, so many other bangers, too, that I feel like get completely overshadowed by Stairway. Alright, so for my top spot, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Oh, boy. You hear this song everywhere. Weddings, sporting events, any prom or party or whatever. You see everyone completely destroy their vocal cords trying to sing along to this song. I almost said it was Bon Jovi, but it's Journey. Like, same general neighborhood. Either way, it's everywhere. But that's my top five songs I think are completely overrated. Now, Jason, see if you could top any of those. Alright, uh, yeah, so I tried to kind of take my personal bias out of this as much as I could, and I kind of tried to not factor in the overplayed aspect as much, but... I don't know, it was difficult, I wrestled with this, but my top five most overrated popular rock songs. Number five, and this one, people, some people are going to be like, why is this on your list? The magazine Rolling Stone ranked it once as the best song of all time, and that is Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone. Best uh, song of all time? Yeah, so, I don't know, I just, I think it's fine. <laughs> it's a pretty good song, but it's not... I don't know. I don't. I don't really understand how it's the best song of all time, or how it's even close to that. Honestly, uh, number four, uh, the Fleetwood Mac song "Dreams," which I guess is in some TikTok thing or something. I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. I, I don't know. Some some TikTok or something. But, but "Dreams" by Fleetwood Mac. I feel like they have a lot of better songs and. If you want a, a Stevie Nicks staple, I'd rather hear Rhiannon over Dreams any day of the week. Number three, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers' Under the Bridge. One of their most famous songs, and I think it's a good song, but I just think that, uh, personally, I, I think that they don't have, or, the, or that they do have so many better songs, and just everyone who's a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, is like, oh, I love that song. Or even if you're just a casual Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, you know that song. Explore the catalog a little bit. That's all I have to say to those people. There are plenty uh, more it, songs out there, people. Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's fine. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> all right, and now number two and one, I, I really don't like either of these songs. So, so this is where... This is where uh, some of you might be like, how do you not like that song? Number two, Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side. How do you not like that song? <laughs> it's not <laughs> no. good. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand why people like it. It's, It just sounds so like nothing to me. I don't know. It just, I don't get anything from listening to that. And then number one, uh, this is a song that I think my dad really likes this song, and I think my uncle does, and I think a lot of people love this song, and they love this artist, and I'm just like, no, I, I, I can't <laughs> deal with it. 
and that is Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen and the East. Baby, I was born to run. Tramps like us. Baby, we were born to run. I did not like Bruce Springsteen, and I (laughs) kind of tried to keep that out of it and kind of just tried to focus on this one song. But I just, I, I went back and I listened to some of these songs, or all of them, really, when I was making my list. I'm like, I went back and I listened. And I just, I had to put that in the number one spot. I just, everyone thinks it's one of the greatest songs, that Bruce Springsteen is amazing, <laughs> that that this song is is so iconic. And, I mean, it is iconic. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Even though I don't like it, it's iconic because so many people do love it. But it's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't take it. I, I get I exactly it. what you're saying. Funny I don't enough, need to hear it. This is the only song by Bruce I could actually tolerate. I've always been more of a Billy Joel fan than Bruce. But no, I, yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's, it is kind of overrated. Despite me actually kind of liking this song. Alright, that's all I have to say on that. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. Alright, so I think without any further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, today's album review. So today, we will be looking at Green Day's 2009 hit album, 21st Century Breakdown. Jason, tell us a little bit about this album. As you said, it was released in 2009, and that was five years after their previous studio album, American Idiot, so it had been a little while. Uh, It is a rock opera, and it is broken down into three acts, the first act being Heroes and Cons, Act 2, Charlatans and Saints, and Act 3, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, and Tom is holding up a copy of it right now. And uh, it is almost 70 minutes long, which I'm pretty sure I read makes this Green Day's longest studio album, to date at least. Um, and think what you will about the Grammys. I personally think the Grammys suck, but yes. but uh, a 21st Century Breakdown did indeed win a Grammy for Best Rock Album. I guess in '09 the Grammys were better than they are now. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I'm not a... That's another thing I'm not gonna comment too much on. I'm not going. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let's talk about track number one, or I guess this is sort of a precursor to track one, yeah. if you will. This is "Song of the Century." Now, I personally love this. It sounds like it's coming out of an old static radio. Like it's so great. It's like kind of setting the stage for what's yet to come. It's there's really not too much to say about it. It's kind of a little quip, a little short. Maybe a minute and a half little song thing. It's less than that. I, I looked, Probably, actually yeah. wrote down. It's 57 seconds, so less than a oh, minute. Oh, so just under a minute. Yeah. It's a great way to, like, start what's yet it, to come. Yeah, it's like, it's like you said, those, it has, like, a few radio, old-time radio sounds, and it just has a few lines that are sung, and that's it, basically, then it's over. And not to mention some pretty cool lyrics. There's a really cool, like, rhyming scheme in there. Try to remember what the lyrics were off the top of my head, but I'm not a lyricist. I'm a bass player, so I can't do that. Just take my word for it, people. It's fun. It's good. I like it a lot. You like it. I like it a lot. All right, so that... I really don't have too much else to say about it. Other than that, I like this. It's it's less than a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what more can we say about it? It's only a minute long. Less than a minute long. Alright, 21st Century Breakdown, the uh-huh. song. The title track. That transition, though. Whew. Beautiful. This album is full of those. It's really, like, 
truly a rock opera. Why can't Green Day still make music like this? It's a shame. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion well, topic. All right, let me – before we get – I just realized I didn't say this at the top. Before we start breaking down the rest of the songs and including this song, since we're only a song in so far, uh, I – Tom picked to review this album. I am <laughs> not much of a Green Day fan. I mean, I like a couple songs that I think are good. Uh, but so this was my first time listening to this album and uh, I only knew two songs on this album before I listened to it so uh, just to you know I'm gonna I know exactly giving, which two I'm songs you're talking of, about I'm gonna kind of be giving you my my beginners my beginners guide to Green Day's American <laughs> or not American Idiot what is this First century, century breakdown, breakdown. <laughs> there I keep confusing it for American Idiot so yeah so this was my first time so I'm gonna tell you I'm going to kind of tell you what my beginner's perspective was, but you go first. 21st Century Breakdown, the song. That pi- like, that piano, it's so beautiful. And when the verse actually starts, like, Born into Nixon, I was raised in hell. It's, uh, I love, like, how he sings that. It's, like, kind of... Actually, no, I'm just going to say it's straight up emo. <laughs> it's about, like, this is peak emo phase for Green. 20, or American Idiot was kind of getting there, and this really drove that one final emo nail into that emo coffin. And this is among one of the most emo tracks on the entire album. I even wrote in my notes, like, God, this is emo. <laughs> like, a generation of zero. I never made it as a working class hero. And that tempo change slash breakdown in the middle. Like, I think they say... Yeah, 21st century style... Yeah, they say class of 2013, too, which is kind of funny, because that's actually when I graduated middle school. So I feel like this album is kind of, like, about me. I graduated in 2013. There's a little piece of me in this album. I think I read somewhere that it had to do with, I think, Billy Joe Armstrong's, like, oldest son was graduating high school that year, or something like that. It's a weird year, but it's fitting for this album. (laughs) Yeah, I... So I liked the start of the song. That was probably my favorite part of the song. And, you know, I, I thought the tone and the tempo changes are interesting in it. I mean, I, it's pretty good overall. I, I thought it was a pretty good song. Um, you know, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not so much of a fan of, uh, I guess, politically driven music. And I kind of felt like that's this set the tone for for an album that's kind of a little bit political and so you know i was kind of i was kind of like all right whatever um you know i can deal with it you know it's fine but it's just not what i normally prefer to listen to but that's fair you know there's it's definitely sends a political message early on i ignore the political message completely i love the music i don't really give a fuck about the lyrics Like, I think I even wrote that in my notes. Like, it's def- this is definitely political. It's loosely based off of the Bush era and apparently the redundancy of war and the general uselessness of war. I don't know. I don't follow any of that shit. This was 09, so. But, like, at the time, I Bush mean, wasn't I mean, even in office. Green Day, Green Day is very political yeah, they at, are. at times. And, and also, I mean, they're very, you know, you said emo. They're very kind of angsty. And against everything. <laughs> Yeah, and against everything, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I never went through like an angsty teenager phase, so I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, I haven't you know, stopped I guess going through my angsty I guess teenager that's phase. Part, 
I guess that's part of the reason I had a little bit difficulty relating to this song and this album, but alright, it was a pretty good song. We'll keep moving on. I haven't stopped being <laughs> in my angsty teenager phase. <laughs> the only difference is I'm 22 now. <laughs> alright, let's see. So I guess we can move on to the next track. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the song is Know Your Enemy. This One is... of the two songs on the record I knew before I was about to say, to like, it. I know exactly which two songs you know, and this is definitely one of them. <laughs> they play this on the radio, it's very well known. I feel like they sort of kind of harken back to their old school Green Day sound. It's so, like, different, this entire album. It strays pretty far away from the classic Green Day punk style, but I feel like this is definitely a lot closer than some of the other songs regarding harkening back to that old sound. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with the old stuff, like the really old Green Day stuff, but I kind of know what you mean from what I do know about yeah. it. I, I remember hearing this song um, in an NHL hockey game, <laughs> like a video game, like a video game in that sporting event, so I think that's how I first knew this song, because I would always hear it in the video games that I would play. <laughs> and I've always it's, loved the drums, too, like the... Top, you know, top, honestly, top, top. this this song... It's fine. It's catchy, but <laughs> it it just it doesn't do much for me to tell you the truth. Fair enough. You know, I I think you're gonna see as we review this that there's some songs on this album that uh, I feel are very strong, and some that I'm like, eh. You're not quite emo enough to understand all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, I guess I really don't have too much else to say about it other than. Viva like la it. gloria. Viva la gloria. <laughs> God, that piano is hauntingly beautiful. Or not really haunting, it's just so emo-ly beautiful. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I, I love when the tempo picks up, like, after the piano, which are like, the, one, two, three, four, Gloria, viva la Gloria. It's beautiful. Gives me chills not, every time I hear it. It's not bad. It's not a bad song. <laughs> I thought that uh, I liked the beginning part of the song the best, but also that's maybe because it wasn't so pop, punk, pop, Emo. rocky. Emo. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> what I just called like some of that sound. I just like I, I don't know what to call it. So I just called it punk, pop, rocky. Emo. <laughs> it's called yeah, if emo. You want to call it that? My emo, emo skinny jean ass loves this song. <laughs> Like, to me, Gloria sounds like she's, like, this punk rocker chick. Because the line says, smash her knuckles into win or winter or windows. One of the two. Either way, she's smashing her knuckles into something. And I feel like that's an edgy, angsty, like, hair-dyed, hot-topic teenager thing to do. I really got that kind of message from this song. And I'm pretty sure the character of Gloria is supposed to be, like, that kind of character. Kind of gave me that appreciation for it. Harkening back to my emo roots. And the lyrics are just brilliant. And jumping ahead a bit, I like the outro, too. Like, he says, like, your life. And then they hit a few really strong notes and just end the song like that. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I think this seems like a song that you would like more than me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that will probably be the case on a lot of these songs. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be more you know, evil. I'll, t I'll tell you the songs. I'll tell you the songs that I, that I liked a lot. I'll tell you those. Fair enough. Alright, so I think we can move on to track number five, Before the Lobotomy. Jason, what do you it's think? It's a cool name. Right? Like anything with lobotomy. <laughs> You'd expect it to be some kind of like crazy heavy metal song. But, well, actually, no, quite the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I love like that dreaming. I was only dreaming. 
I, like, I, I like that. I, I like the, the falsetto voice that Billy Joe does, like, sometimes at the beginning. He doesn't do it very often, but when he does, it hits hard. Yeah. yeah. So emo. I love and this it. This is another song that uh, I don't think there's anything that great about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's just being fair. honest. I'm just being honest. No, I dude, I get I it. I can't connect to it. I, I can't. I need to be able to connect it to it in some way. See, I don't need to connect to my music. I just... It needs to sound good for me to like it. Well, that's part of the connection to me, sounding good. And I don't <laughs> Fair <know>. enough. <laughs> like I said, I'm just emo enough to really love this album. <laughs> but that phase completely passed over you. It hit me my second year of college. <laughs> like, I'm still going through it. I haven't stopped going through it. Let's see, what else do I have written about here? Oh, yeah, it really picks up around, like, 1 minute 30 seconds. Like, I love that kind of change in tempo, faster pace. Like, you'd think it was kind of a slow ballad at first, but then, you know, it kind of morphs into that signature emo song that this whole album is known for. It fits like a puzzle piece. It's amazing. They do that a couple times on this album where they start slow and then it picks up pretty quickly. I know, I think Marilyn Manson did that a few times. If you remember back yeah. to season one, folks. Mechanical Animals. <laughs> Mechanical Animals. Yeah. He'd start off kind of slow, and then he'd have a really punchy, industrial, experimental-sounding verse. Yeah. And that was that. It worked so well. It's like the meat inside the sandwich. And this yeah. sandwich is stacked. All right. You want to move on to song six? Aha. Uh-huh. Christian's Inferno. I'm going to do a little uh-huh. shout-out to my manager, Christian, where I work. Not going to lie, I think of this song, or I think of where I work every time I hear this song, because whenever he's in I charge... I just lost you. It's still recording. All right, I'm back now. (laughs) All right, I'm going to try that again. I'm going to do a little shout-out to my manager, Christian. So every time I hear this song, Christian's Inferno, I think of whenever you're in charge of, like, the shift that day. It's basically your inferno. All hell is breaking loose. Us goofy kids are running around with dish-cleaning chemicals. This is a song meant for all of us. All of us goofy, dish-cleaning teenagers slash college students. Does Christian have a girlfriend by any chance named Gloria? Oh, uh, no, he has a fiancé named Emily. Hi, Christian uh, and Emily. <laughs> Emily, please change your name to Gloria. That'll work so well. <laughs> Have a 21st century-themed wedding. Please do. <laughs> Super emo and, like, graffitied everywhere. War protests and everything. <laughs> do it. I will help this you song- pay for it. <laughs> this this song, I like the guitar playing on. I did. That was the one thing I picked up on this that I liked the most about it. But uh, I do too, honestly. It's really I, punchy. How best yeah. to describe that? The chorus, I didn't like so much. The chorus is more prototypical Green Day sounding, <laughs> and it's just not what I like. Again, it's just I just not. I'm telling you the truth. Fair I like enough. the verses more than the chorus. I love how he uses the term "whoa" like that. Like I feel like that's a classic punk thing. The whoa, whoa, Christian's Inferno. Really well done. And the laughter, too. Like, you know, it's just kind of, not maniacal, but emo-maniacal laughter. After he says <laughs> the verse, or the chorus, pardon me. I love it, though. And he has the line that's saying, I am the atom bomb, or whatever. It's edgy, it's angsty, it's emo. I love it. Yeah, yeah, Tommy, you're very, you're very <laughs> angsty, you're very... Uh, whatever you called it. Emo. I spent yeah. a lot of time at Hot Topic. I'm on a first name basis uh, with most of those girls. <laughs> yeah, you still can't get any of them to date you. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. 
I had to throw that in. Sorry. Ouch. Well played. Well yeah. played. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I wonder if any of them would date you, even if it was the last night on Earth. You're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect segue, as always, <laughs> like the rest of this album. All right, so the next song is Last Night on Earth. It's a nice, quiet, calm ballad. After Christian's Inferno, the flames were ablazing, and now they've been extinguished. And now it's a nice, calm, peaceful, serene ballad. And it's also the theme of New Year's Eve 2019, the last night on Earth. <laughs> Jason, what do you have to say about this song? You want my honest opinion? You didn't like it very much. Best song on the record. You're hilarious. <laughs> I think it's the best song on the record. That's wow. what I do. I, I actually did really like this one. This is a song, for whatever reason, <laughs> musically and lyrically speaks to me more than the others, and I need that connection. Wow, okay. <laughs> nice curveball. Another, well played. I mean, there's another cool falsetto that he does at times, too. That's true. You're a sucker for the falsetto. The Billy Joel falsetto. <laughs> Come on, falsettos are cool. I like them. Yes. Oh, like, I mean, do you, do you like this song? I like this song, yeah. I mean, there yeah. are other songs on here I like more than this, but I still really <laughs> like this song. It's All a piece right. of the puzzle which completes the beautiful picture that is 21st Century Breakdown. All right, respectable. <laughs> exactly. So I think we can move on to track number eight, East Jesus Nowhere. Keep moving along. Moving right along. All right, so East Jesus Nowhere. The radio intro is back, and then it goes right back to that punchy riff. Kind of going back to that sort of softer, quieter intro, going into the punchy verse. That kind of Marilyn Manson Green Day thing, if you will, we could call it from now on. Jason, what did you think of this song? I thought it was one of the better songs on, on the record. Uh, I think they released it as a single. I, th I, I think I really, when I looked at the songs, they released at the singles. I think I really didn't like that many of them. But I think this one is, this one, is one of the singles that I did like. Uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the better songs. Yeah, I think it rocks. It just has that rock and roll feel to it. And it has, like, the old-school, shouty, Green Day backup vocals, too. Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought the drums and the bass are cool on it, and the guitar solo as well. Mike Dirt and Trey Cool. Mm -hmm. They kick ass. I love that. Give some love. Exactly. The rhythm section. Green Day is not just Billy Joe Armstrong. It's the other two as well. <laughs> they're, they're a power trio. You gotta love all three of them. It's like ZZ Top and Rush. You can't give one member all the attention even though they're kind of the focal point of the band. Yeah, I'm not surprised Billy Joe has all the attention, though. I mean, he looks punky, and he, yeah. lo and he, you know, and he writes emo. the songs, and he, you know, he's the singer-guitar player, so it makes sense. That's true. It does make sense. I like Billy. And there's kind of a great little guitar ditty in this song, too. Killer bass, killer vocals. It's sort of a cool kind of military-style snare roll at the end. Like, it's kind of... Dun, 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 dun. Like, kind of cinematic, almost, if you will. Mm. I wrote in my notes that it's kind of military-sounding. I just kind of associate a snare drum with the military. But you said this was a single. Hmm. I, th I think it was... I think they released five singles from this record, I think. I think this was, like, the third one they released or something five like singles. that. Wait a minute, how many songs are... One, two... There's, like, 18 songs. And they released four songs as a single? 
Wow. Five. Jeez. Five songs as singles. Jeez. Wow. Give away like almost a third of the album. I think something like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but it's a killer album. Those people back in 09. All those emo kids shopping at Hot Topic. They all got to see a sneak peek of a beautiful masterpiece from <laughs> Green Day. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes they'll release a single, like, simultaneously w with an album when it comes out, or, like, a couple weeks or a month after or something. Get very some true. Play. Very, 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 very true. All right, well, I really don't have too much else to say about this. Nope. It is a good song. I feel like it definitely does have some kind of political undertone, but, you know, it's Green Day. Sounds like the anti religion i can forgive the political undertones just because the music is so fucking killer in this album <laughs> now, i hate politics and music just as much as you it <laughs> like i break out in a rash every time i even talk about it but like i said i can forgive it for this particular album it's like it's like me with i can kind of forgive it with you too yeah exactly like you you understand the feeling i know bono doesn't he normally <laughs> does not shut the fuck up about his political ideology. I was going to say, to be honest, when I go to see you 2 in concert, I can, I can use a little less of Bono's spiels or whatever he does. He, he talks a lot. Yeah, like, we're not political here on Talking Rock. We don't give a fuck where you lie in the political compass. We care about music. That's what everyone else should kind of care about, too. Just shut the fuck up and play some damn music. I know Roger Waters right. did that entire tour where he was basically just bashing a president. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. Right. Play music. Yeah. I, I went to that tour. I mean, I kind of just, I kind of just kind of put it aside because, you know, I went for the music. I didn't yeah. care about that. I just went for the, because I wanted to hear the music. Exactly. But that being All said, right. I think we can move on to the Peacemaker. next song. This is such a fun song. <laughs> it's interesting sound. Right? Sounding. Like, it has like that Spanish... Sort yeah. Of sound. Is that rumba? What is that? Mm -hmm. Either way, I love it. I even wrote in my notes. Like, this is a fun song. Now, actually, I'm going to announce a sort of secret project that I plan on bringing to fruition within the next year. I plan on starting a Green Day tribute band called Blue Night, where Simon right, and Garfunkel. Is that, is that really? Is that really a secret? You've been telling me Fair. that for years. Fair enough. It's a secret to anyone who doesn't know me. <laughs> anyway, me and my friend Josh, hi Josh, we're going to start this Green Day tribute band. It's sort of a Simon and Garfunkel-style Green Day acoustic tribute band. And I want to play this song. Like, I feel like we could transpose this into a softer Simon and Garfunkel-style cover between the two of us. Yeah, Josh, hi Josh, let's make it happen. Hi Josh. You know, funny enough, that guy Christian I mentioned earlier and Josh... We were all supposed to see Green Day this year. We were going to go to Hershey Park and see them. So, hello to both of you. Hi, hopefully with, you're listening. With Fall Out Boy and your favorite band of all time. Geezer. Gesundheit. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Alright, so, all right. Peacemaker. Gotta love this. As God is my witness, the infidels are gonna pay. Death to the one at the end of the Sarah. Grenade! How? It's beautiful. Yeah, why am I not surprised that you like this? Of course. <laughs> you need it, to be more is, emo. It is pretty good. It is. I mean, I like that it's different. It's, it's probably the most unique sounding song. Right? Seriously. On the, on the record. It's not even emo. It's just different. And mm -hmm. I like Green Day. I love them with all of my heart and soul. But, like, 
if they do anything different, like, this is what I have in mind. Like, instead of making that new album they did, they should have just did an entire album that sounded like Peacemaker. I would have paid good money to see that tour, and I would have paid good money to listen to that album. I don't even know. It was something with a unicorn, I think. Yeah, Father of All Motherfuckers. That's what they called it? That was the name of the album. Oh, my God. This is another discussion topic for another day, but Josh, hi, Josh, said it was very okay. I'll take his word for it. I don't actually plan on listening to it for myself. I'll just, I'll take his word for it and call it a day there. Alright, so do you have anything else to say about this song? Or do you think we covered just about everything? Let's move on. Moving right along. Track number 10, Last of the American Girls. Bass. There's bass. I love bass. And then, let's see, what else? They compare makeup to graffiti in the Heartland. That's kind of cool. Kind of giving it that early 2000s skate punk graffiti vibe. I feel like that was sort of... You need to put on some wheelies when you listen to Green Day. <laughs> yeah, heelies and skinny jeans. Heelies, whatever they're called. <laughs> wheelies, whatever. I don't know. Oh, my God. The fact that I knew that. I missed the early 2000s. For this exact reason. Skinny jeans, dark eyeliner, skateboards, and heelies. And pop punk. It didn't get any better than that. Simpler times. Simpler, simpler times. All anyway, right. this, this is the American, the American Girls. Girls. Yeah. This is the edgy Hot Topic Girl anthem here. <laughs> like, that's what I've gathered. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly... I, that's, I, I didn't get much out of it. <laughs> neither did I. And you're talking to someone who's obsessed with this album. I really didn't like it. Or, I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I didn't really get too much out of it either. This might have been one of the singles, too. I can't remember. Probably. I feel like this was. It's simple and straightforward, but I just don't feel like it clicked properly. I don't know. It's like... It was missing something. It's not a bad song, by any means. It was just there. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> like That's kind of how I felt about it. Need I say any more? Maybe a filler track, if you will. I don't know. But I feel like All we right. can move on to the next yeah. track. Track number 11. Murder City. That transition, though. It's like The transition from the last track, List of the American Girls, to Murder City is beautiful. I love that kind of seamless swing. Any album that has that is an album for me. Yeah, but you're yeah, a sucker for the transitions. I'm a sucker for the transitions. It's a beautiful thing. So Murder City. I love the desperate but not hopeless. It's so damn fun and fast-paced. Very, very dystopian lyrics. Yeah, very. But I love your favorite poison. And this is kind of a cool mini guitar solo thing there, too. Now, Billy's not exactly... A soloer per se. He does more like riffs that sound like solos. It's simple, but it's to the point. It's punchy. I love it. And then it, it sounds like the way that he does his solos. It kind of sounds like it. it kind of reminds me of the way Kurt Cobain did his solos, where it's not really yeah. soloy. It kind of it kind of incorporates the rest of the song into the solo. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like, he's not, like, a shredder, like John Petrucci, or Petrucci, Petrucci, Gesundheit, or Slash, or, like, anyone of the sort. He's a riffer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, Kirk Cobain, like you said. Even Brian Head Welch from Korn, he's more of a riffer as well. But that's besides the point. There's another lyric referencing Christian again, saying Christian's crying in the bathroom. 
I'm assuming this is probably told from the perspective of some kind of protest. Because, you know, Green Day, angsty, protest, early 2000s. We hate everything. We hate everything. We're against <laughs> anti-disestablishment monetarianism or whatever. Unicorn Illuminati, we hate it all. We're angry, we're punks, we're teenagers, we're spray-painting things. We're putting makeup all over our faces and our skinny jeans and our heelys. That's what I've gotten out of this. The last thing I have to say on this song is that it just, it sounds like a kick in the ass. It does. Yeah. Like a straight-up curb stomp, kick in the teeth, kick in the ass, angsty, emo, punchy, what have you. Ooh, all of the above. ACDC is kicked in the teeth. Ooh. What Again, is like another two-faced woman with her two-faced lies. <laughs> Again, another really good discussion topic for another day. Stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, I think we can move on to track number 12. Viva la Gloria? Little girl. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back, Gloria. <laughs> Parentheses, little girl. Yeah. <laughs> Great piano. It sounds like kind of an old-time silent film slash tango. Like, little girl, little girl, I see you crying. Inside this restless soul, I guess it's like the sequel to Viva La Gloria. A reprisal, if you will, because it's a rock opera. That makes sense. I think that's the official term for something like this. It, like that tonal shift, though, it slaps. Like once they go from the piano into like the main punchy verse, like that emo punchy Green Day verse thing, it's cool. I love it. Gives me chills. I can't. I can't believe you just said it slaps. I, I can't believe you just <laughs> you know, said that. That's like the most 2020 <laughs> thing to say. I can't believe you, know, you just said that. Literally, Christian at work, hi Christian, said the same exact thing to me. I said slaps in front of him. He's like, I never thought I'd hear those words come from your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's fitting. It works. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Viva La Gloria, little girl. Uh, it's it's jumpy and bouncy piano playing at the beginning, and that continues with the other instruments throughout the song, and I like it. I think it's kind of fun. I do too. Like, I even wrote that in my notes. Like, this is fun. I like this. And then, like, that kind of mini riffy solo thing towards the end, and how Billy's voice harmonized with it, like, like that thing right there. It's beautiful. Again, gives me chills. Has sort of a cinematic vibe to it. And also, great ending. Everything about it is great. I love it. Emo. It's really good for a reprisal in a rock opera. Mm-hmm. All right. Have anything else to say about it, or I think we're good? Nope. All right. Track number 13, moving right along. Track 13 on an album that's about the class of 2013. <laughs> so, Restless Heart Syndrome. Very cinematic. It definitely sounds like it belongs in a rock opera. I love that kind of orchestral yeah. sound. Now this really, really strays far from that classic Green Day sound. Like, it's yeah, definitely I, not punk. I think it has a, just a really cool sound to it, though. Honestly, yeah, it does. Like, it's I kinda, amazing. I, I'm one of those people that, you know, I like when my favorite bands, they have a couple songs in the album that sound like their classic sort of their classic vibe, classic sound to it, but I like when they mix it up a bit and aren't afraid to take risks. That's I true. appreciate that. Yes, definitely. This album definitely takes a lot of risks. Yeah. Like, if you look back to, like, all the early Green Day stuff, that's all, like, basically punk bait. It's all punk, isn't I? Yeah, they <laughs> And then this is a rock opera. They incorporate the piano a lot on here, and on this song, they do. And I, and I like when they incorporate the piano, and 
again when Billy Joe uses the falsetto at times. So I like this song. I think they actually toured with that piano player for a while. Mm-hmm. When I saw them, I'm pretty sure they had a piano player. I'm not sure if it was yeah, the same guy. Probably. This was probably just a studio musician, but either way, yeah. piano and Green Day, it slaps. <laughs> it's my new favorite word. Great. This is Tom trying to embrace the 21st century, and it's breaking down. <laughs> you want to move on? We can move on. All right, so we are now on Starting Act 3. Act 3, yep. Horseshoes and hand grenades. I had to look in my copy of the CD just to make sure I was doing this right. Yes. Horseshoes and hand grenades. Good morning. They're not fucking around. (laughs) This is probably about a riot. This is a very happy sounding riot, though. Oh, it has has very much a punk sound to it, though, this one. Like, they're on their... (laughs) They're wheeling around with their heelys, spray-painting all the walls, (laughs) breaking windows... And stealing their big screen TVs from all the TV shops. <laughs> they broke into Blockbuster and stole all of the VHS tapes. And they're not returning them, let's face it. Yeah, yeah this, uh, these are punk kids going ape shit. That's Billy what I Joe, gathered. Billy Joe lets out an awesome scream. I he really does. Expect that. From a kind of punk riot, like early 2000s thing that they're doing right here. <laughs> I, I'd expect it. I like how Billy can pull off that, like, really badass scream, despite him being yeah. more of, like, a pop-punk artist. Yep. I don't really remember him being that much of a screamer with the early Green Day stuff. I'm drawing a blank on what a lot of that sounded like. But I don't remember him doing really any crazy screams. So I guess this is sort of straight into new territory for him. I wouldn't know. So. I'm ashamed to admit I'm not super up to snuff with early Green Day. At least not as much as I should be. I'm, like... Kind of an emo Green Day fan, if you will. Like I like this album, American Idiot, Revolution. You like the the middle period? Yeah, the mid period, the emo period. Because I'm an emo fuck. (laughs) Black skinny jeans, dark eyeliner, (laughs) sad, angry sounding music. So let's see, horseshoes and hand grenades. I'm not sure how the horseshoes or hand grenades play into a ride, but I can. Infer that they're they're like violent, they're breaking things, both of which guess, are getting thrown through windows. Yeah, I guess, and then I guess the horseshoes break the windows, and then you throw the hand grenades into the windows. I and the horseshoe is probably a symbolic sign for luck because I feel like horseshoes are like universally recognized and associated with luck of some sort. It looks like their luck just ran out, hence why they're rioting. Do they even know why they're rioting? I don't know. They're punks. They're angry. They have all this pent-up rage and aggression that they need to let out. And all right, it took them two whole acts to get yeah, to it. Let's, let's move on. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. So track 15, The Static Age. Not to be confused with the Misfits song of a very, very, very similar title. <laughs> no, I think that's the name wink, of their wink. album, too, Static Age. Yeah, there's a song, there's an album... Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But not to be confused, this is a different static age. And I think it is a lesser static age. Yeah. I thought it was decent, but not one of the better songs. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't really compare Green Day to the Misfits. The Misfits are... It's two different types of punk. Yes. The Misfits are, like, original punk. (laughs) Yeah. This is, is like, 
pop rock punk. They're like spooky punk, and this is like emo angsty, like angsty punch things punk, if that makes sense. Yeah, like hey, uh, the guitar riff though was cool. Here. The guitar riff is cool, and the ba- really everything is cool. But like, I feel like this isn't one of my favorite songs on the album. There are better songs on here than this one. It's still a good song. Like, I still love it. I have that unconditional love for Green Day, regardless. But yeah, I feel like this does sort of kind of harken back to that original Green Day sound. Not by much, but by just a little bit. By like a hair. It's very uh, it's very noticeable later on in the song. Like, I guess a couple minutes in when Billy Joe sings up an octave. I was about to say that. I love the key change. Mm-hmm. That's one part of the song that I really, really, really did enjoy. And I love that kind of last static age he does. Like the age. And then they just kind of end the song on like that powerful, strong note. It's not just like an abrupt ending. Like they lead up to it. It's kind of a big crescendo. And then, blam, they end it. It's Tom, guess, guess what? What's that? The next song... It's one of the two songs I know. No, really? It is. <laughs> I should have placed bets on that. Like, which two songs do you think Jason knows? Well, coincidentally, this is also probably one of my favorite Green Day songs, period. What is the title of that song, Tom? This song is called 21 Guns. 21 fucking guns. <laughs> oh, man, I love this song, Jason. This is a beautiful song. Now, I... Going back to my friend Josh. Hi, Josh. I kind of hi, ruined Josh. this. I yeah. Hi, Josh. I kind of ruined this song for him. Now, for some weird reason, Josh hates the show Full House, and then I mentioned that the solo in this song sounds eerily similar to the Full House theme. I said this to him, and he looked like he wanted to kill me. I've never seen so much rage in a person's eyes in my entire life than I did that very day. You're welcome, so this, Josh. <laughs> so this is one of your favorites. And this is one of Josh's least favorites now. <laughs> You're welcome, Josh. This is one of Blue Knight's covers, by the way. Which way do you think I'm leaning? I want to say you like this song. I really hope you like this song. This is a great song. I feel Speaking like I'm... Of- I'm wrong, Speaking though. of overrated... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> really? I do think it's kind of overrated. Oh. I, never, I never thought it was a great song. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's not terrible. It's Come just not on. what I would choose to listen to. I am honestly surprised the song is as popular as it is. Come on. It's good. <laughs> I like it. It's emo. <laughs> And that guitar, that Full House guitar solo thing, that's, I love it. Like a I don't like emo. For forgiveness from a stone. It's beautiful. I love it. And when they play it live, Billy harmonizes with the guitar solo too. Like, he sings along with it, but not in like a dumb way. Like, in a perfect, like, well done, harmonized way. It's so well done. I can't believe you don't like it. Now, actually, I found a version of this on the internet. Somebody raised the pitch of Billy's voice. So he sounded a lot like the character Phineas from Phineas and Ferb. The old-time Disney cartoon. I 
like, it opened my eyes. Like, I couldn't look at this song the same way ever again. I can only envision Phineas from Phineas and Ferb singing this now. That reinforced my already very strong love for this song. Thanks, Internet. You are good for a few things every now and then. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about this song? This absolute beautiful masterpiece. I have to say, I'll, I'll say it once again, that it's not terrible, <laughs> but it's kind of overrated, and I'm going to stand by that. Fair. It's got a really cool music video, too. I think it's actually Christian and Gloria, if I recall, co- recall correctly, Kuzentai. They're, like, inside this house, they're, like, hugging, and all of a sudden, I think all the windows and doors start breaking because they're being shot down by, you guessed it, 21 guns. God only knows what this is about. I don't even know. I don't even care. I love this song. It's 21 well guns? 21 guns. Some sort of... And I, well, 21 gun salute is something. I think it's something with like a military thing. It might be with a funeral. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I might be totally off, but I'm pretty sure it's some sort of I mean, military you sound salute. like you're in the ballpark. I feel like it's that riot was probably salute, yeah. interrupted by military or police or whatever. Who knows? I don't know. I don't really care. I love the song. I don't really care right. what it's about. Anyway, anywho. Speaking of funerals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> American eulogy. American Ugoogly. And what, it's like parentheses again. Mass hysteria slash modern world. Yeah, like there's kind of like, I guess three acts, or mini actlets, if you will, to this song. Like, you got the main thing, American UOG, and then you got Mass Hysteria, and then you got Modern World. They all seem to tie together, which is why I like this. I think Mass Hysteria is, like, half of it, and then Modern World is, like, half of it, and they call it American UOG? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's a pretty cool structure, though. I will admit that. It's kind of like a medley song. Yeah, exactly. An overture. A medley. I feel like an overture is normally at the beginning. So, yeah. A medley. Medley. But yeah, this is a song about 2020, Mass Hysteria. And I love how they harken back to the Christian and Gloria arc again, the modern world sequence. It's all so beautiful. Like, I don't want to live in a modern world, Mass Hysteria. Like, they kind of layer the vocals, so it all kind of, it just bands together so well. Doesn't this, this song kind of, right, it, it starts with Song of the Century again? At the yeah, once we go back yeah. to... They kind of harken back to that opening track with this radio static and Song yeah. of the Century. I did a double take when I first heard this. I'm like, and then it, yeah, then it like abruptly goes into the mass hysteria part of the song. Yeah. And then the modern world part. I looked at my CD player like, wait a minute, did it start over? Like, did, did I finish the album? Like, wait, no, this is track 17. That can't be right. And then they start singing mass hysteria. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, this feels... Eerily similar to 2020. <laughs> and it, right. it's eerily similar to my reaction to 2020. I don't want to I'm live trying, in this modern I'm world. trying to be positive here. Trying to go into 2021 strong, you know? Yeah, let's not, let's you know... Let's have a good year. Yeah. Let's not associate this album with 2021, too. <laughs> it's already way too similar to 2020. Like, please, let's, God, let 2021 be better. Please, let's just see the light. Please. Again with the transitions. God damn it. <laughs> Almost as perfect as, you know, how they are in the album. 
beautiful. So, See the Light, track 18. The final song. And it kind of harkens back to the beginning of the album once again. Kind of like what they did with American Yagoogly. Zoolander reference, you're welcome. So, See the Light. Let's see, what else do I bring up? Oh, yeah, they're firing on all four, or I guess three cylinders in this track. Like, they're really going out with a bang. I, I guess it. we disagreed there, because I, <laughs> I, I just thought it was fine. I thought there I mean, were much yeah. better songs on the album. It's good. They definitely ended with a bang, but 21 Guns is just so good. So is, you know, Know Your Enemy and Viva La Gloria and so many other tracks on this album. This is good. This is a great way to end the album, but I feel like it's not the strongest one on here. Hmm. I feel like I feel like me and you liked different songs on here. But overall, I think just our taste. This isn't a horrible album. No. Yeah, All right. Well, let's let's do our final grades now, then. Okay. So because of the political undertones, I gave it an A minus because I hate politics and music. I'm physically allergic to it. I break out in a rash every time I hear it. But the music is just so fucking banging. And I love Green Day, and I love emo music in the early 2000s, so I'm giving it an A-. Yeah, I didn't hold that against it when I gave my grade. I Neither did I. I kind of just accepted it, and I kind of just tried to base it off of the songs and what I felt about the songs and how I could connect to them. I gave it a B because I think it is good, but I think it is very, in my personal opinion, hit and miss. I think there's a lot yeah. of songs on there that are that are really strong, and there's also a lot that kind of feel like not my sort of thing and maybe kind of filler material. So that's just me. I'll give it a B, which is a good grade, though. Yeah, it's passing. I personally love this album. Like, despite the political undertones and questionable subject matter, it's still one of my personal favorites. Like, it's amongst one of my favorite pieces of music out there because I'm an emo fuck. <laughs> And I spend most of my time at Hot Topic. Well, there That's we go. The point, though. Green Day's 21st Century Breakdown, in the books. There we go. I have to say, this episode went significantly smoother than that first one. If you listened to it, and if you heard it, you know it was a train wreck. <laughs> we took a bit of a break between episodes, and we really oh. kind of forgot our format. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen, you know, again. Hopefully we have it nailed down this time, but whoo, man, that was bad. If you listened to it, and if you didn't like what you heard, I'm sorry. It wasn't that bad, come it, on. No, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't that good either. <laughs> but we've definitely had worse episodes than that, believe me. Um, Tom is very self-critical. I mean, it, yeah, an artist can't, you know, look at his own work too long. <laughs> Alright, well, what, Tom, what do we got next week for episode three? So we got Oasis. Definitely, maybe. A debut record from Oasis, a Jason Ooh. selection. Tune in for another spine-tingling episode of Talking Rock with Tom and Jason. Jason, it's been surreal. Audience, it's also been surreal. Jason, thank you for letting me do my shout-outs. Christian, Josh, <laughs> Emily, and or Gloria. If you're all listening, thank you for listening this far to the video. Your support is greatly appreciated, and I'll probably see you all at work. Ta-ta for now. So until we meet again, I've been Tom. I'm Jason. And this is Talking Rock with Tom and Jason. Be good, be bad, be wild, stay positive, test negative. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs>